Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Price Point. We have a good show for you today. Head coach of my alma mater, Karen University, Phil Schallenberger, is on the call. Phil, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Luke. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Excited to to be able to talk with you tonight. Absolutely, man. I know it's a, a couple hours later there. It's uh, I think six, so probably prime dinner time there. But um, I <laughs> yeah, I, <know> <laughs> I appreciate you uh, you taking some time, and um, we're gonna kind of uh, with Phil kind of cover some some things with uh, recruiting at uh, and Karen University, by the way, is a D three school, um, Christian University, just outside Philadelphia. So we'll talk about that, what the school means to him. We'll talk about um, you know, the recruiting differences between D3, D2, D1, uh, and everything like that. We're, we're definitely excited to have him on. So, again, Phil, thanks for being on. We'll get right into it here, everybody. Um, Phil, tell us, you know, where you come from, where, where you were born, where you were raised. Um, you know, talk about yourself in and through high school, what sports you played, and uh, kind of what you wanted to do for a career at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was actually born in Kansas City, Kansas, um, Lived there for three years. So I don't really relate too much to, to that area other than that's where I was born. And okay. I kind of use that as like trivia question when people ask that question. But um, but I actually grew up in western Pennsylvania, just out about 40 minutes east of uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, so it's kind of unique now working in, uh, in Philadelphia. Um, that little rivalry between Philly and Pittsburgh um, definitely still shows its face every once in a while working in this area. But um <laughs> Are you, have you, have you trans, have you, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but have you, has the Philly sports scene kind of, uh, converted you into the, into the light? Are you still on the, on the Pittsburgh side of things? Uh, definitely still on the Pittsburgh side of things. I've enjoyed getting to, uh, watch and, uh, just kind of dive into the Phillies a little bit, obviously, because they're, they're on TV a lot more. There's a couple of players I enjoy watching on that team. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a Penguins fan, it's pretty tough to get involved too much with the Flyers over here. So, um, I could, uh, I went to one Flyers Penguins game in Philly and we actually made the mistake, my wife and I, of wearing our Penguins gear. Yeah, that's uh, a mistake. We probably won't do that again anytime (laughs) soon, but so I haven't converted too much. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a big rivalry yet, but it's, uh, it hasn't been too bad. Yeah, and, and I forgot you were a Penguins fan. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the uh, interview with Phil Schellenberger. Thank you for being <laughs> on. <laughs> no, uh, obviously a, a huge Nashville Predator fan, so we have that. We had that Stanley Cup Finals against against you guys, but um, we yeah. won't hold that against you. We'll continue the, the conversation here. But um, continue where you were. I, I, again, I didn't mean to cut you off there, uh, but I wanted to throw that in there for the, for the people yeah, that know, no, know and appreciate the Philly and Pittsburgh rivalry. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and uh, but yeah, so the, the town I grew up in was basically I described as a one stoplight town outside of Pittsburgh, um, and a really small town. My dad was a my dad's a pastor, still is at the same church. He's been there for quite some time now, and um, grew up in, in in that type of environment with my mom and my dad, and I have an older older sister, um, and so grew up there. Uh, in high school, uh, I played uh, played three sports for a while. Uh, I played basketball, football, uh, and baseball. Um, played football ninth, tenth, or uh, sorry, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade years. Um, I decided that I was kind of like I describe it as I was the twelfth best player on the team, which meant I was always the best player on scout team. Um, <laughs> yep. So that meant as the best player on scout team, I was always the person that couldn't go unblocked in practices. Mm. So that means I kind of just got beat up every practice, and I just decided I didn't like getting hit that much. Um, so I, I, I kind of stepped away from football after that and just focused on uh, on basketball and baseball. Um, and, and just love playing both those sports. I think there's things I loved about both of them that I really enjoyed. Basketball, 
um, getting to play against some some pretty good players in, in the region that we were in. Terrell Pryor was in our conference, got to play against him in basketball, and oh, wow. um, being being able to compete against some really good athletes. And then uh, baseball has always kind of been my passion. Uh, it's always been uh, the sport that I've loved the most ever since T-ball. Um, I don't know why I loved it so much. I, I just it was something I never I always enjoyed doing. Um, it just it never kind of went away for me and. Um, it's kind of funny, and one of the things, like, asking uh, about what I want to do when, when I was older, I actually wanted to be a chef in, in high school. That's awesome. Um, I just love cooking in the kitchen with my mom. Um, love just uh, being involved in, in the kitchen. And But just as I started realizing that the hours, as I started to mature and understand that I don't want to be in a kitchen from <laughs> 6 p.m. To, to 1 in the morning at night at some of the restaurants, I decided that wasn't the career for me. So, um, that's kind of uh, my childhood in a nutshell, but just uh, it, it was a it was a great experience getting to grow up in a small town like that. Um, and it's cool to be able to live in a couple bigger cities. And you mentioned Nashville, being able to live there for for a year, and yep. and now just outside Philly. So um, I've really enjoyed my time out here. But that's kind of uh, my childhood in a, in a nutshell. But nice. I, I bet your uh, I bet your wife appreciates the the cooking part. I bet you can um, you know sub in for her every now and then. I'm, I, on uh, yeah. weeknights <laughs> yeah I, I try to get on the grill every once in a while now so that's what i enjoy doing the most whenever we're cooking so that's usually my responsibility when it comes to comes to cooking yeah yeah that's uh that's always uh that's always good i'm kind of we have a grill here but we don't my wife grilled out burgers for us uh right before we recorded so she's kind of the grill master and i'm the <laughs> i'm like the sous chef who pretends to uh to help out when really i open up the lettuce and that's about it <laughs> yeah but uh but no that's awesome and, and you were talking about being the, the 12th guy um football I can kind of picture you um being like uh Rudy just <laughs> lining up against the O-lineman and um you know taking a little bit of a beating but <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why I thought of that movie when you brought that up yeah except Rudy Rudy didn't quit he he stuck it out so I, I was the one that, that quit after uh after three years at least I, I stuck the whole season out though I didn't that a boy. I finished the season out and just decided I didn't want to play after that. But there was a there. This is a, a funny story, and you probably saw this. I'm a huge college football fan, as as most people are. But there was a a time. I think it was Notre Dame, Michigan. So game day was in Ann Arbor, and that guy had a sign that said Rudy was offsides. <laughs> 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 so uh, I just thought I don't know why um, I thought of that as we were talking, but that was uh, that was freaking hilarious. But. Um, yeah. So your your year at Belmont, um, how did that go? How did that come about, and how did that shape and mold you into the coach and uh, and even person uh, who you are today? Yeah, I mean it was it was huge in, in my development as a coach, and, and honestly, going to Belmont, I didn't I didn't go to coach originally. Um, so I, I got my master's degree in higher education. So I was always kind of thinking I was going to go on the track of working in student affairs or working maybe in athletics, maybe administratively, um, and uh, I was actually an RD at Karen. So for those of you who don't know that, I was a resident director at Karen for two years while I was helping out as an assistant. And um, I was just kind of helping out as a coach, not because I really was passionate about it, but just because I, I just wanted to stay involved in the game a little bit. Um, but kind of during that time, I decided I wanted to kind of continue to grow. And uh, there was an opportunity where some friends of ours got a job at, at Belmont down in Nashville. And they said, hey, we're still looking for some good people if you if you want to apply. And so I applied, went down for an interview, fell in love with the the city of Nashville. I mean, as you know, it's a, it's a great town um, and obviously changing by the day. Absolutely. Right now, but, yes, it is. Um, it's uh, it was a, it was an awesome experience to be able to do that, but I kind of went there. I, I took a full-time job in student affairs there, residence life. 
Um, and honestly, the first about two months out of it, I, I just really realized that I missed baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed not just baseball, but the ability to build relationships with student athletes on that on that type of level. Um, and so for those, uh, so anybody listening that hasn't played college athletics, like you spend a lot of time with your with your with your players with with your team absolutely um so much more so than any any other group of people that you're going to probably spend time with in college and mm-hmm. i miss that aspect that honestly it kind of was just every day was just kind of journaling and writing and praying like for for god to open a door for me to get involved in athletics in some way i didn't know what that was going to look like um and just kind of out of the blue was like you know what i'm just going to email the head coach here uh coach jarvis uh phenomenal guy but at the time i didn't know know him uh, at all mm-hmm. and so I just shot him an email with my resume saying hey if there's anything I do to help out let me know um, and he ended up calling my boss who at the time was the, he's the assistant dean there um, and without me even knowing this yet I didn't talk to him about doing this yet and he so the assistant dean called me and he's like hey Phil like I just want to ask you about something and he brought that up that the, the baseball coach called and I was like oh man I'm in trouble here but um at the same time he was like you know what like I feel like I think you need to figure this out like you, you're going to be talented in whichever avenue you choose whatever profession you go in yeah um, but I, I think there's still something missing for you to figure out if coaching is the route that you want to take um and so coach Jarvis actually made a position for me um I already had my master's degree but in order to coach uh with division one compliance rules i had to take more master's classes um and so they basically created like a graduate manager position for me where i got to be around the team every day got to throw vp um and just really grow as a as a coach and mainly just get to sit back and listen and and learn um and just seeing how coach jarvis and that coaching staff still developed young men even at the division one level showed that 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 was more important what coaching was about than than winning baseball games like yeah they're going to be out there to win games um but they at the same time like they're they know they're there to develop young men um and during my time there there was probably a handful of guys that were drafted over the last couple years that I got a chance to coach but um majority of those guys ended up taking positions in something other than baseball and um, just the importance of getting to see uh, the guys grow and develop and see them do that at a high level I mean because the year I was there they were top top 10 um in seven offensive categories in the entire D1 so they were doing a lot of really good things there, and I just happened to be kind of getting on the and on the train at the right time, uh, learn from coaches like Smitty and, and, and Tommy and, and Barn that were all there at the time, and just see how they manage the players. Uh, and that was so influential on me. And, and taking to where I am now at a D3 school is honestly, I, I try to give our guys a D1 experience at the D3 level, and I think it is possible. Absolutely, um, there are challenges to it, uh, but that's really how it's kind of shaped who I am. And uh, it was it was huge. I think just the from the assistant dean allowing me to take time away from work to to be involved with baseball. I mean, I was putting in eighty to ninety hour weeks between the two jobs, but um, it was something that I knew I wanted to pursue and and enjoy, um, and just kind of see which direction I was supposed to go. And God definitely made it clear through that. Um, and so that that was the, the year of Belmont really shaped who I was and, and how I coached, and mainly just because of the people that that surrounded me that made me better. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, probably the reason why you were Belmont that year was seven, you know, seven offensive categories in the top 10 was that money uh, BP that you were throwing. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get any, did you get any calls from like home run derby participants saying, Hey man, can you, you know, can you be my guy like Bryce Harper's? He's like, Hey, my dad, my dad's all over the zone here. Can you, you know, come up and throw to me? (laughs) (laughs) So 
crazy story about that though is I, I might have been uh, up until the point we played uh, Vanderbilt at the National Sound Stadium and I was from BP and I kid you not I got the yips for the first time in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I had I had no idea why people got the yips or I couldn't even relate to them. I was like, how does that even happen? Like I've never even experienced that before. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I was thrown all right. And then uh, we, we mixed in a fastball curveball round where I turned fastballs and curveballs to our guys from like BP distance. And man, I just completely lost the zone. I actually pulled myself from BP and brought one of the assistants in. I was like, <laughs> man, my awesome. coaching career is over. I can't throw BP. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I got crap from the players for, for quite some time about that. Um, but I definitely learned from it. I learned how to overcome the yips. I learned what that felt like. Uh, we actually had a player this past year in our team that struggled with that a little bit. So it was good that I could relate to him because I, I, I went through it. And it's a, it's a lonely place to be. So I'm not sure if I'd be, uh, if the yips would come back to him in front of a million people in a, in a home run derby. So I'm not sure I want to <laughs> test that out either. Yeah, that's an awesome story. And I remember, I remember when that game was played. I know, to, I know typically pre-conference Vandy and, and Belmont play pretty often, but um, you know, with yeah. that new first Tennessee park there in downtown Nashville, that, um, that probably would have given anybody the yip. So, um, <laughs> can't, can't be blamed, especially when you look in the other team's dugout and you see guys like, I don't know if Dansby Swanson was there at the time yet, but I can't remember what year, um, you know, that was, but just looking in the dugout yeah. over there and seeing Tim Corbin, just, you know, probably staring through your soul probably didn't help either. Yeah, exactly. And he probably <laughs> didn't even know I was throwing BP. He probably didn't even know I was out there, but in my mind, everybody was watching. Me, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So, um, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the D3, um, the D1 culture at a D3 school. So what are, what are some differences in the whole scholarship process and, and some academic differences and, um, you know, why it isn't always easy to, and, and hardly really ever is easy to, um, you know, have that D1 culture at a school uh, that's in D3? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, obviously a pretty loaded question. And, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's not just, it's not just D1 and D3 that the difference is, but every school is a little bit different. And so I was just talking to, uh, I got to know the Richmond University coaching staff pretty well, and particularly the recruiting coordinator there, um, Nate, who, who's doing a phenomenal job. But he actually shared at one of the showcases that we were at, um, he played Division three baseball and now is coaching at Division one. And mm-hmm. um, so he loves talking about that process and what that looks like and um, the importance of finding the right fit, no matter what level you're at. And, and I know there's so many players that just say D1 or bust, but yeah. man, there's great, as you know, like playing here, here at Karen, there's great baseball at any level um, that you're at. And um, But some of, the, some of the biggest differences is, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the scholarship piece, like we can only give academic scholarships. Um, but the crazy part is that Division One, if you're fully funded, they still only have 11.7 scholarships. Yep. Um, and so some schools can't even stack like their athletic scholarship with their academic scholarships. It's like one or the other, and you can only get a certain percentage. And mm-hmm. some do do that. Um, so some people are able to get substantially amount more money. But, I mean, for the most part, there's not too many guys that are on full rides uh, in, in college baseball. Um, if you think about it, there's 35 guys on a roster – there's 11.7 scholarships to give out. Um, that means there's probably not very many guys that are on a full ride. Um, and so sometimes they, they offer 20, 30, 40%. If they really like you 60, 75%, whatever that looks like. Um, but for, for D one, they're offering a, a certain percentage of scholarship where if you have great grades, um, for example, here at Karen, if you have really good grades and you get the max academic scholarship here, you're getting about 40 to 45% off, mm-hmm. uh, tuition here so um, sometimes grades and academics actually pay uh, 
play a, a much larger factor in it than people actually think. And I wish I would have known this when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, I did all right academically, but I probably would have tried a little bit harder if I knew I was going to be uh, able to get about twenty to thirty thousand more dollars over the course of my four years in college. But um, but it's just it's just crazy to understand the difference with that. You can actually get sometimes a, a better financial aid package at D three than you can D one at times. Yep. Um, based on your academics. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just the scholarship piece of it, but the recruiting is, is so much different. I mean, we're, we're kind of right in the middle of starting our 2020 class um, where D ones have been wrapped up with their 2020 classes. Even the mid majors mm-hmm. uh, have been or close to wrapping up their 2020 class. if not done already. Um, and so it's just such a, a difference in, in the recruiting process. And even I know some D three schools and every school is different. Um, so for example, there's like Swarthmore who's a D3, like yeah. kind of like an Ivy league school for D3 around here. Like you have to have close to like a three, seven, three, eight GPA with a, a 13 to 1400 SAT just in order to get into school. Jeez. Um, and, and don't quote me on those numbers, but I mean, that's pretty like for those schools that like you have to be really high academic just to get into that school. Um, so they're, they're recruiting even a smaller percentage of student athletes than another school is that may not be as high academic, but um, the academics play such a, a key piece into that, that recruiting process that I think for, for young people that are looking into be recruited is to really pay attention to that. Cause even if you do go D1, you're still going to get probably most of your money from academics and um, if you if your scholarship isn't that substantial from the athletic side absolutely and and this is a whole other conversation I apologize for the loaded question because we could probably talk about no, this for fine. for a whole hour but um, you know I mean the 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 I, I was in the obviously the event coordinating business on the running East Coast baseball events for so long and just being around baseball for so long and how um, you know, I guess players and parents' mindsets are, are and you touched on it a bit, uh, D1 or bust. And, and so we could, we could have an extremely long conversation about, um, you know, the, the fool, and I hate calling it foolishness, but that's exactly what it is, is, um, you know, first of all, your, your son, daughter, whatever, probably not a D1 athlete, um, you know, and there's probably a perfect fit for you if you just open your eyes a little bit. And, um, we, we saw that all the time at work and, um, it really was sad that it's like, hey, I, you know, I want to play at Stanford or, or not at all. It's like mm-hmm. and so there's so many kids out there that aren't even playing college sports that I think, um, you know, could could really fit into a, um, you know, and I said D1, D3 just because you've you've coached at both of those levels. And we're not even we're not even getting into, you know, D2, NAIA, JUCO, um, NJC, yeah. you know, all those. It's like there's so many places for these players to fit. And it's just, it's just crazy to think about how many um, end up not going and, and playing a sport just because they're mm-hmm. only set on, you know, playing at Stanford or Texas or Miami or whatever the case is. So, um, you know, again, that can be a, a whole other conversation that would take a lot of time, but, um, yeah. and, and really yeah. with the, with the way social media is and, and all these outlets that these kids have and parents have to do some research of, of what you just talked about. And I'm glad you talked about that because we were going to get into that a little bit, um, how the academic scholarships are usually in baseball, especially, and, and, um, you know, usually a lot more loaded than, than the athletic scholarships. And, and I'm, I was in the same boat as you, I, you know, all my brothers, we all played college baseball, but I have an older brother, um, you know, who, who played and I should have learned that like, gosh, I should study cause I'll get more help and I may be able to get into a better school initially. Mm-hmm. Um, than the one I went to. So there's just so much out there that I guess is, I don't know if, if people are just um, 
they just don't know or, or don't care. But there's really not any excuse for that with, uh, you know, as many avenues there are to explore uh, to find that information out. Yeah, and, I, and you mentioned social media too. And um, I think that's changed the, the game in, in so many different ways where, where one, I think it's negatively affected it because I, I think a lot of peers, a lot of friends that are getting recruited see their buddies get recruited and post Absolutely. like, hey, I'm, I'm excited to commit to uh, so-and-so D1 University. And they feel like that's where they need to be. And, and I think there's so many positive things about social media. And, and I love whenever guys – I mean, guys have worked really hard to get to where they are. Absolutely. It's an avenue where they, they can post and say, like, hey, man, I'm really excited to, to continue to be able to play baseball at a high level. And um, and I love that. And we actually, like, I'm kind of a one-stop shop here at Karen for, for our social media where I do all of our graphic and stuff and our design. And so I love being able to put one of our commits uh, photos on, on our graphic and post about it and, and share that and say, like, hey, uh, congratulations, man. You worked hard. Because even even at D three, like like I said, there's probably guys in our roster that could play D one. Oh, hundred um, percent. And so there's there's guys that are playing here, um, and there's other guys where like not everybody's going to get an opportunity to play college baseball, and it, it is a big deal. Um, but at the same time, it's also negatively affected it where people see that and they're like, man, I got to commit today. I got to do this. Where, yeah. um, and I mean, Brooks Brooks is a your brother who's coming here next year is a fine example of that where he didn't make his decision until until april and may um and which is during his senior year and he was able to find the, the right fit for him because he waited and didn't try to jump the gun just because he had a lot of other people that he knew were committing and i think that was a very mature thing where uh, where he's been able to to see that and i think some people try to commit way too early um some people know exactly what they want so if they commit early awesome um, but I think some people that don't necessarily know what they want just commit because they see their buddies posting it on social media. And um, it, this has played such a big role into to who we recruit and how we recruit them as well. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, with uh, with with everybody, I mean, 15, 10, 15 years ago when we were playing, um, you know, I, I guess Facebook was a thing, but it wasn't anything like it is now yeah. where, where you have that pressure to kind of live up to. Oh gosh, he's going to Florida State. I better go somewhere, um, you know. And and that is a real pressure. And even though my brother did wait, there were struggles, and and there are for everybody. I mean, I'm proud of him for for waiting and and finding the right fit because I firmly believe he is at the right spot. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there was some panic in him as well because he saw. Um, I mean, the, the high school he played at, he had some some good athletes um, on his basketball and baseball team that went big time i mean nashville high school sports you get guys that you know go yeah, play absolutely. all over the all over the country and so he saw that and i had several conversations with him and i know my parents probably did too but um you know he felt that pressure like oh my gosh these guys and there, there was that panic that that set in and so that that is a real thing that we've seen before our eyes happen um obviously i don't live in nashville anymore but um you know my family is pretty close so we we talk pretty often and and um hearing that panic in my own brother it's like oh my gosh this is this is a real thing and i don't i don't yeah. i don't think necessarily that it's um i just think that's the human nature now i mean especially for a, an 18 19 year old kid who um you know doesn't really know any better i i just think that um you know when you when you do see that stuff uh it can it can it can set off some alarm bells and, and quite often does and um, I'm sure sometimes yeah. leads to decisions that probably aren't the right fit for that player. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I mean, that's one of the first things I tell guys in the recruiting process, especially if they're being highly recruited, even if we are recruiting them of 
of telling them just to enjoy the process. Um, yeah. I think so many kids stress themselves out when this is one of the more exciting. I mean, obviously it's one of the biggest decisions they're going to make in their entire life up until maybe they choose to get married or what job they choose. Yeah. This is the biggest decision they've had to make up until this point. And, and for them, I, I want them to know that we like, especially guys that we're recruiting, like, Hey, we would love to have you here, but also we want to find the best fit for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, there was a kid that financially just wasn't going to work here and one of my good friends is a coach at NAI school out in Kansas. And I said, Hey, I got a, I got a place where you, you might be a good fit. And he still had some scholarship money left and gave him a call. And he ended up playing there this last year and ended up being rookie of the year in the conference. So I think for, for us, like we just want to help them. Like we, we want to make sure that they're finding the right fit. But today, like, like you said, the pressure that your brother was feeling. And I find that so often that some recruits are just so worn down by the process Yeah. Um, that we try to make it as easy as possible for them. I, I, like we really want them to be here, but at the same time, I don't want to force them to be somewhere where they don't, they shouldn't be or where they don't think they should be. Um, Cause we want guys that want to be a part of Karen for more reasons than just baseball. Absolutely. But for us, like we want to make sure we, we help them find the right fit. And I, I just see that so often with the guys we recruit, the pressure that they're feeling through that yeah. process um, and it kind of like for me, I was kind of under recruited. I lived in a small town, didn't really get seen and mm-hmm. basically was recruited by two schools and I didn't really have too much pressure. I made my decision, I think a week before I went to school. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think like, I, I can't relate to that from my own experience, but I can relate to that from just getting to interact with families and just hearing the hearing in their voices of how worn down they are from the process. And, Absolutely. um, and it's just, it's pretty tough. It, it can be tough for sure, but ultimately you, you want to make sure you find the right people and that, that you can go play for in the right school that, that you want to be at. Absolutely. And and it doesn't really help. And this is, again, this is a whole other conversation, but it doesn't really help with these recruiting services or so, you know, self-proclaimed recruiting services saying, Hey, you have to have your decision in by, you know, an hour from now or whatever the case is. So you have these, yeah. these grown men who've never, who probably didn't even make their JV team in high school telling these kids, Hey, you know, pay me to help you place, um, place you in a school, but we're going to need to know now. And, and my brother got yeah. caught in that web and I don't mean to pick on him at all, but th- these are real life circumstances that happen <laughs> to these players mm-hmm. where they're, you know, not only the social media stuff that they have to live up to, um, you know, their buddies images or whatever. Um, but now you have a, a recruiting service who's, who's saying, Hey, I can, I can help get you into, um, you know, St. John's or whatever the case is. And, um, you know, that, yeah. that can't help these, these kids either. And, and these parents sometimes, yeah, there there are some educated parents who have probably been through it, um, but as this conversation that you and I are having, I mean that 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 whole recruiting thing has changed. So these a lot of these parents they they don't know anymore, and so yeah. even they buy into the lie that and, and some recruiting services I think are legit, but very few. And so I think I think that they buy into the lie, you know, like hey, you better find somewhere here in the next day or two, and that's uh it's pretty sad because this does happen as it as it did my brother. Yeah. No, absolutely. But um, but yeah. So we, again, we could talk about that for for a long, long time. But talk talk about Karen as a school, um, and what it really means to you, and how um, how much a, a Christian education that that these that these student athletes get, because a lot of times, a lot of times, and I I fill into this too, and and I, this isn't about me at all. But I went to college as an athlete and not as a student athlete, and so i really just wanted a second chance at baseball i you know I, I went through a hard time and just was like okay this is my chance for baseball but i didn't look at it as this is a chance to kind of mature and um, get a good education so how in this recruiting process how important is it 
um, on the academic side of things, and, and you did touch on this a little bit, so you can quickly answer this, but, uh, and then, and then the whole, um, you know, the, the Christian, the Christian education, how, how important is that to you and how important is that to, um, to you as, as the players you're looking at? Yeah. And, and I love that question. Cause I think Karen is, is a place that I've grown to love. I mean, I was here for two years working in student affairs as an assistant coach left for a year, um, left Nashville, which is tough to do at the time to come back to be the head coach. And, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of put it this way. It's for me, like I'm not in the business of winning baseball games, but yeah. rather in the business of, of helping young men grow. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think the wins are going to come from that, but ultimately like I, it's hard to help a help a young man grow if they don't want to be poured into. So that we make sure that's clear to them through the recruiting process and um, the academic piece and, and wanting to be at Karen for more reasons than just baseball is so big for us. Um, we have guys from all over the all over the country. We have guys from different backgrounds, guys from different walks of their faith, or, or guys that may have only gone to church a couple of times and recently said like, "Yeah, I want to be at a Christian school." And mm-hmm. and I think for us, like, we want to help these guys grow no matter what level they're at in their life. I respect um, that. And it's and it's so cool to see that take place here. Um, and I think that's what makes Karen so special. And um, just being able to pour into them as people. Uh, where where RID has been phenomenal, allowing us to coach the way we want to, uh, but at the same time he understands that we're we're in the we're in the business of developing young men and, and women and the other sports. And mm-hmm. uh, for us, like being able to recruit student athletes who want to be here uh, for the right reasons is, is is phenomenal. And just like having the guys come, and I, and I I always encourage guys to come visit whenever there are when our players are on campus so we've had a couple of summer visits but i always encourage them to come back and yeah um they get this they get to stay overnight with our guys they get to see what it's like to be a student here at karen and um, they get to interact with them they get to see like what type of brotherhood we're actually forming here at karen and it's bigger than just baseball um i mean for example i, I it was just really cool to be able to to go to a couple of our players weddings that, uh, over the past couple of years and just see them become great husbands. Um, and the reason I do this is because I, I want to show them the same grace that, that God has shown me and others in my life. Uh, I want to show that same grace to them as well. And, um, and I think sometimes as coaches, we get caught up in the realm of, well, they have to be, they have to do this, this, and this, and they can't mess up. Or if they make a mistake, we get, we get down their backs or uh, we're, we're all over them because of a the mistake they made. But yet we forget that we probably made those same mistakes, if not yeah. worse, whenever we were going through that process too. Um, I just think about my college days and, and the, the mistakes that I made along the process. Yeah. Um, and I've grown in this area as a coach too. Uh, I mean, my first year I had, a, I had struggled with one guy made mistakes of showing them that same grace, but recognizing that I've been shown so much grace in my life that yeah. I need to be showing that same grace to them. And um, so that's been a huge part of my story over the last couple of years was being able, how do we do that appropriately here? And, and Karen allows us to do that. Um, I honestly think I would do that at any school I was at. But at the same time, like this is a place where they know that that they're going to be poured into as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to grow as baseball players. I mean, you you mentioned it, and, and our program has grown every year, and we've gotten better every year on the field. But at the same time, like they're they're they know they're going to come, and we're going to grow as people. We're going to pour into them, make sure they're doing well academically, and it doesn't mean we're perfect. I mean, we have we have some guys that have struggled in the classroom. We have some guys that that make mistakes along the ways. But the same thing with me. Like I I, I struggle along the way as a coach. I've struggled before I got here. Um, and just allowing us to help our guys work through those, um, no matter what that is, whether it's academics or whether that's uh, their their life off the field or whether that's their their a 
ability to play on the field, um, their work ethic, whatever it is, like our job is to help them grow by the time they leave here, Correct. not just as baseball players, but more importantly, and, and being like Karen, like allowing us to do that is, is, is what I love about coaching here. It's, it just that we have the freedom to do that here. Um, and that's what makes it a special place. Absolutely, man. And, and, and I, I mentioned earlier, I played there and, and I got to see it and, and because, because I played there and saw it and, and, and know what that meant to me. Cause in a lot of ways, that school saved my life. Um, not just, mm-hmm. not just the baseball team, but that school, some things I disagreed with at the time. And, um, you know, everybody at 21, 22, 23, whatever, um, you know, age I was at that time is, you know, uh, not necessarily rebellious, but they don't see it, uh, for the overall good. And so I, I butted heads with some of the, you know, the Dean and, and this stuff like, Hey, this rule is kind of stupid, but, um, <laughs> because I saw the grace they had with me, um, cause I probably should have got kicked out of that place a week or two in. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, and that's, it's not funny. I laugh because it's, it's true. Um, and I'm so glad that I didn't just because I, I got to see, um, you know, firsthand that, that grace you mentioned and just to see that continue, um, to be the, the, the main, um, you know, the main ideology for your program and for the school is just, um, is just so cool to see. Cause that doesn't happen everywhere. And, um, one thing before you go, you mentioned earlier, these players, wins and losses take care of itself. Um, when you, when you build your team, the way you want to build your team, when you lead the team, the way you want to lead. Um, and when you let the right players step up and lead the team that they need to, cause I think that whole, that whole piece is just as important as, as any is letting these players naturally, um, you know, become the leaders that you need them to. But um, that the wins and losses take care of itself um, once they feel loved. And, and, and again, these are college kids. So they're 18, 22, 23 years old. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, I mean, I'm a big fan of the um, last chance you show on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen it. I love that. I'm oh, actually rewatching it right now. It's so. me too. And it's incredible. Cause like you said, these guys come from all different backgrounds and some are tough. Some are, you know, some are not, you know, but they all need, they all need to be loved on. And you said that term. And I like that. Cause that's exactly, um, I was one of those tough facades, like nothing can shake me, whatever, but I needed to be loved on. And I got that from that school, from that team. And it's just incredible to see that that hasn't changed. Yeah, and, and it's just so cool to see see the guys grow. And we had a, I mean, my my first year here, we had a, a couple guys that that got got in trouble off the field and, and were actually suspended for quite a few games their first year mm-hmm. uh, because of some off the field issues. And yeah. and to turn around and see them be key parts to the reason why we made our championship run. Absolutely. Um, this past year was was incredible to see as seniors and. and just thinking about it, if I didn't have that, that ability to show them grace at, at that time, or Correct. if I was just like, you know what, we're done with you. Like, mm-hmm. like they would have never been able to get to that point. And maybe they would have other ways. Um, but it was cool to be able to be a part of that and see them, them develop. And they've taught me so much through that too. And um, getting to see them, like, I mean, for example, one of them takes freshmen out to coffee regularly throughout his senior year. And That's amazing. Um, seeing him lead in that way, that wasn't something I asked him to do, but he felt he took a need of that because he learned from his experiences and that's what we tell our guys all the time. Like sometimes guys aren't going to learn until they experience it. Uh, I can I can talk about something like, hey, this is how you should act. This is how you should represent the program. But if they're not experiencing it, they may never learn. And so it's really cool to be able to see our guys coach each other. Where honestly, I got to sit back and kind of watch a little bit this last year. And there were some challenges in that, but at the same time, it was it was just awesome to see the guys have the ability to grow throughout their time here. 
Um, and it's just, it, that's the most rewarding thing for me as a coach. Um, and, and I know it's so hard for us not to be competitive and, and want to win games and, and win at all costs. But at the same time, it's, that's not the most important thing that we do. And, and I have to check myself on that a lot um, and make sure that I'm focusing on the right reasons, even on game day. Yeah. Um, I get, I can get fired up internally um, and I have to like be able to, to kind of learn how to, to control that and, but also help our guys see that, like, Hey, it's more important than winning. And I can say that as much as I want, but if I'm not showing that through the example of how I act, especially on game days, then they're just going to kind of see that as just something I'm talking about, not something that I truly mean. So, um, it's it, like you said, it's uh, and it's so cool to hear your story and how you grew from from your time here. And um, that's the main reason why I coordinated my wife and I decided to come back was just because of the people here, mm-hmm. um, the way they care for students for the most part. And like you said, like I, I think there's pros and cons to every university you're at. Absolutely, there's, there's things here that. Uh, I know that that you said you disagreed with. I'm sure there's things that I've disagreed with along the way here, but at the same time, it's it's the overall philosophy because it, it, no matter where you go and, and being at several schools now, um, there's always something that that that's going to be wrong with it in your eyes, um, no matter where you're at. Absolutely. Um, and so, and I, I think it does the does the good outweigh the bad, and then for me here at Karen, it definitely does. Yeah. Um, and and so cool to hear stories like yours, and hopefully our guys will be able to share their stories when they leave here and what, how it's shaped them as well. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, what I just thought of when you, when you, when you said you let these guys not, not let them screw up and, and get suspended, but not, not just, you know, disown them and say, Hey, we don't want a part of you. And, and what that made me think of was, um, I was watching, um, usually we will go to church Saturday night. Last night we went to top golf. So yesterday afternoon, um, my wife and I were just watching um, Stephen Furtick, who's a who's a pastor in North Carolina at a mega yeah. church, and um, he his sermon last week was about um, he was talking about how he used to not be able to do pull ups and and he tried and tried so twenty two twenty three whatever it was he finally learned how to do a pull up from his uh, from his trainer and he said the most profound thing and and I was sitting there bawling my eyes out during this whole thing and I'm not a crier <laughs> and but he said. The guy was like, okay, now do a negative. And he's like, what's a negative? And he said, it's, it's when you, um, you know, on your way down, it, there's as much benefit there as there is on top. And so yeah. to, he- to hear that and, and for myself and, and, and not just me, but some of my teammates had the same struggles I did in, in, in college. And I'm so thankful for that and for the mercy that not just my coach, but, um, you know, the, the high ups and my professors and, everything at the school, they let me go through that stuff because it really grew me. Um, you know, obviously at 22 years old, you're, you're never fully mature. I don't think you ever are at any point of your life, but yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for those times and that, and that, you know, that mercy that I saw from my teammates, my coaches, my professors, everything, I, it's scary to know or to think where I'd be at. And so, um, you know, there, there is, there is, and this again could be a whole other conversation that lasts an hour and, I'm not trying to get too, um, you know, Bible beating in this conversation, but that's who I am and that's what I've been through. And, it, um, you know, so to hear you, it's like, wow, that is that is pretty awesome because that's what that's what I got. And obviously I didn't get to play for you, but, um, you know, to, to have that and to live through that and to see that happen um, at the school I got yeah. to play at still to this day um, is just awesome. And, and I I've told you this. I appreciate you as, as a person, as a as a leader. Um, you know, I, I was, it was hard cause when, when Brooks was kind of deciding where he wanted to play and I heard Karen was a possibility, 
it was tough because it's like I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but at the same time, <laughs> I want him to know how much because I, I see myself in my brother, and so yeah, um, it's like, gosh, man, I promise you, this will be a good fit. So I had to find that median um, and that balance yeah. of of encouraging him, helping that recruiting, um, or you know, for him just be like, oh, that's enough, stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> but but I'm so pumped for him to be able to go, and I can't wait to see you guys next month. Um, and I'm gonna you know, try to play in the, in the game and, um, watch him play the day after and watch you guys. And, um, you know, good luck next season. You guys made a, a crazy run at the conference championship last year. Um, and you're returning, what are you returning? You're returning quite a bit, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we had all three of our starting outfielders, um, uh, our middle is back. Uh, we, we basically are not returning just the corners and a couple, some pitchers and a, and a catcher, but I feel like the class we have coming in is just kind of be able to fill those roles pretty well. So, um, we're, we're excited to kind of see where we're, we're heading in the future too. And, um, and so we're, we're excited about, about next year too. It'll, it'll definitely have a different vibe. I mean, we did graduate quite a few seniors, but we have a lot of guys that are still like we're kind of in the waiting behind them um and and are just kind of that's a point where we're at in the program now where it used to be my first year we started eight freshmen um and we're kind of at a point now where it's like wow. hey you know what we we we're at a point where we're gonna have really talented players that are that aren't playing right away yeah so they're absolutely. gonna find ways to fill that that role and so it's cool to see a program that i'm not i'm not stressed about losing uh eight or nine seniors this past year but um, it's exciting to kind of see just where the program's been heading, and um, it's and more importantly, just it's cool to hear the stories of of the guys that are coming in, and like you said with Brooks, and we're excited to have him, but um, ultimately just understanding that the, the purpose of being here is more than just baseball. But we're excited about the run that we're hopefully going to be able to make too, and um, this next year as well. Absolutely, man, and we we appreciate the time, and um, you know you coming on and, and giving us some insight. Yeah, well, we're we're excited to have you back for the the alumni game. I saw you taking some hacks in the cage, so uh, getting ready to go. So we're we're I'm expecting a few a few hits out of you for that game. Um, man, I'm gonna try. Hopefully, I can. Uh, I just don't want to go over with. If I don't go over, I'll consider it a I'll consider it a win. So I'm excited to get up there, not just obviously to play, but to you know to see you guys and um you know see what see what you guys are all about moving forward. So uh, again, we appreciate the time. You're a good dude. I'm excited for my brother to get there and, uh, you know, Karen baseball's in good shape for years to come. Yeah, no, we're, and I appreciate you having me on. It, it was an awesome conversation. And just one more thing, I'll make sure you know this. Your, your mom makes the best sweet tea I've ever had, by the way. So <laughs> She does. Um, that was uh, that was incredible being able to have dinner with your family. But that sweet tea, I'm asking Brooks to bring some with him whenever he moves in. Yeah, you won't find any any great sweet tea. Maybe Wawa has it in the, in the gallon jugs. But Terry Price is known for – um, sweet tea and, and, and some, some good home cooking. So that was Phil Schallenberger, everybody, head coach at Cairn University Highlanders. Uh, some good stuff uh, with him. And, again, Phil Schallenberger, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you were great. We'd love to have you back on before baseball season starts uh, early next year uh, as a preview uh, and what we can expect from Cairn baseball moving forward. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We continue to grow, and it's because of you. So, we have gone through quite, I think we're, we're through a dozen or so episodes already, uh, and it's all because you guys are listening and you guys are participating in our social media stuff and following us, and we're, we're growing, slowly growing, but we're growing nonetheless, and we appreciate your listens, we appreciate your follows, your shout-outs, anything like that on social media. If there's anybody you want us to talk to, 
we may not be able to get them, but we can do our best to try. Uh, our, our thoughts behind it are we won't be able to get them if we don't try, so we'll definitely try. Um, shoot us some, some over, some ideas, some thoughts you have. Uh, we will uh, gladly respond and, and do our best to get them. But thank you again for listening. This was The Price Point. Mm-hmm.